Welcome to the Wingman Men's Moment, a weekly podcast of the Wingman Nation Men's Ministry, a scripturally driven men's ministry with three goals for every man, striving to be better husbands, better fathers, and more Christ-like and godly men. Join Wingman Nation co-founders Randy Ferreira and Pastor Jay Dennis and an occasional special guest as they discuss issues relevant to a man's needs, struggles, habits, and hurts. And now, here's Randy and Pastor Jay. Well, good morning, Wingman. Uh, Wingman Nation, we're glad you're with us today. My name is John Delaney. I'm your host for today. I'm here with uh, co-founders of Wingman Nation, uh, Randy Ferreira and Pastor Jay Dennis. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, John. I know that uh, it might not be morning where you are right now listening to this, but uh, we're here at, at the hangar in Lakeland. And um, I, I thought about this at, during the, the last podcast we did, that uh, there was a little noise in the background from a helicopter. <laughs> So if you ever hear some weird noises, uh, we're at the airport. So you might hear uh, uh, Amazon jets taking off. And uh, but uh, anyway, so today, hey, listen, uh, we're we're glad you're here for the wingman uh, wingman men's moment. And today we're uh, we continue our focus on men being the spiritual leaders of the home, specifically how men can be faithful fathers. So today we want to help um, you dads out there, fathers, to know how to help their sons and daughters to make moral choices. So, gentlemen, away we go. Randy? Yeah, thank you, John. It's good to see you, Jay. Good Good to see you, Randy. John? You know, it's it's a really good topic about moral choices and helping our children make those because what a confusing world we're in today Mm -hmm. about morality. You know, it's a world where truth is seen as what someone might feel or think. Right. You know, and and uh, that that goes into so many different rabbit holes right. that we can talk about. But we we just need to always come back to what God says and what God thinks. I mean, that's the that's, right. that's generally speaking, and we can we can unpack a lot of that. But uh, you know, it's a good decision making grid for us to help our kids know what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. There's there's no question about it, and what is good and what is evil, and what is true and what is false. The Bible is clear about all of those things. Right. If we just reference that and teach our kids what is from God and what is from, from Satan, for example. So, yes. you know, as we open up today, I have a question for you, Jay and John. Mm-hmm. How do we, like, how do people today make moral decisions? I mean, right. or, or decisions that they think might be moral. What, what, what's right. society doing today in that regard? You know, I, I think a lot of people base it on how I feel at the moment. I, I hear people say things like, well, this is my truth. You have your truth. I have my truth. Yeah, right. uh, no, it's God's truth, as we will see. But I think a lot of people just what I feel or what someone else thinks becomes their decision-making. Lots of, lots of gray area instead of being crystal clear on right. it's black and white. Yeah. There is no in between. You make a moral decision based on your faith and your belief in God. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's what where you should be at least yeah. doing. Right. You know, and, yeah. and culture seems to be um pressuring us into believing a certain way that uh, here is what culture thinks and everything, including some of the laws, seem to point in that direction to try to pressure us into that belief system. You've got a a 
biblical belief system, you've got a world system. Right. And we have to make a choice. To make a choice. Well, the media is a big, I think, persuasive vehicle in moral decisions Huge. with people. Absolutely. Social media, for example. Big and, time. I mean, people see what other people are saying and doing and thinking, and they have the crowd mentality, and they think that's how I should make them. <laughs> and they decision. think that, and they think that's real news. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. the, that, that's this somebody sharing this. It's yeah. truth, and it's not. You know, right? And that's where that's where social media can be really dangerous. Which yeah. is why it's so important as a father. We need to make sure because our children are exposed and will continue to be exposed to the media and social media and all the different types of societal issues. We have to make sure they understand the absolute is what God says. That's That's how God projects. So listen to what Paul said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, guys. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Well, those verses are just loaded with information for us and and help. And so from that, we want to develop 10 questions that your child should ask when making moral choices. And uh, dads, this is a great opportunity for you to take this grid and help your child to know how to make good and godly decisions. So number one, question number one, what does the Bible say about it? If it's clear You have your answer since the Bible is our authority for what we believe and how we act. So if the Bible clearly says something, then we have our answer. Guys, let's give some examples of that. For instance, uh, we don't have to pray about whether we should steal or not. (laughs) You know, we don't have, Lord, should I kill him or not? No, these (laughs) are exactly. (laughs) I, I mean, there are some things that are so clear in Scripture. And there is one that uh, that has gotten many people upset at me as a pastor when I have said, if you're living together outside of being married, it is sin. Mm-hmm. Well, how dare me? You yeah. judge not lest you be judged. Well, the Bible is clear about sexual sin. And uh, so uh, it may not always feel good. Yeah. To do the right thing, or to uh, to take the stand, but you always have a peace with God when you do the right thing, and when you do what the Bible says, there is peace. And that's what I was going to say about that example is they get mad at the pastor. It's not right. the pastor. It's this is what God <laughs> says. Exactly. You're just repeating what God's saying right. is the right thing to do. So well, that Bible it, verse, it, right? Yes. Yeah, Bible, it, so, you know, all Scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make right. us realize what is wrong in our lives. Yeah. Boy, that's pretty strong. Exactly. Those, those are God's words, so not, it, not my words. It, that's right. So if we settle the issue that the Bible is our authority, then we have answers to many of the questions that are coming up in society. Question number two, does it make God and living for Christ attractive to those who do not know him? 
Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I might can do something and it be okay, but it might offend someone else. It might hurt someone else's spiritual growth. So we have to ask, is what I'm going to do, is that going to make Jesus attractive to the world or is that going to cause people to say, why, you're no different than anyone else? Mm-hmm. There's a third question. What would Jesus do in this situation? Remember the WWJD. Yeah. You know, that, that's not <laughs> bad. Like a wristband. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what would Jesus do? So you ask yourself in the situation, this moral choice you're facing, if Jesus were standing right there, what decision would he make? Sometimes that question alone clarifies some things for us. Definitely. And and teaching our children more about Jesus and how he conducted his life will help them understand Good when you point. ask that question. Okay, you have a decision to make in your moral uh, turpitude right. here. Here's mm-hmm. what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. And you could actually point that out to your kids. Right. Let's see what Jesus would have done in that. You know, for every single decision we have to make in this world that we're living in today, it can be found in an example in the Bible. And I, I would challenge that. anybody to not to to try not to find that. That's I think I'm being a double supplerative there, but uh, <laughs> that's true. But I challenge you to try to find it otherwise. And if it's not specific, it will there'll be so many scriptures that will come back to the situation you're in that will explain and give you that. That's exactly right. So number four um, is about praying about it, praying yeah. through it. And that's a very important aspect to teach our kids. You know, mm. when we have a, a decision to make, praying about that decision right. before we make the decision helps us make the moral choice. That's right. The godly choice. Number five is... Is there any doubt in our mind about it? And if there is doubt, then don't do it. And oh. Again, that's part of Scripture. <laughs> Err on the side of safety. Yes. If in doubt, don't. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't right. do it. And a lot of times we talk about, well, my conscience is saying don't do it. Sometimes God speaks to us through our he, he really conscience, does. the little voice inside. We don't have so. to hear. I mean, you know, when people say God spoke to me and, and, and right. someone else looks at them like they have three heads. Right. It's like, well, no, I didn't hear – I didn't hear a booming voice say, John, don't John, do that. John, don't do that. Stop. <laughs> You're sending. You, you just, you hear it in any number of different right. things. You hear it in a song. You know, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. just answered the um, this moral dilemma that I'm in. And all of a sudden you hear something in the words of a song. That's, I'm, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, he's, you're speaking to me through that song. Yeah, or are you right, speaking exactly. to me through a, whatever it may be? You know, in, in my life, the way this works so often is when I pray about something, I either have a peace or I have a turmoil. Yeah, right. I either have a, a, a sense of there's a green light or there's an inner storm. So God works through a peace, the presence of a peace, or the lack of a peace to give us direction at times. So I think it fits those in together and praying about it. And then after we have prayed, do we have a doubt about it after we've prayed? Yeah. That's that's the critical part I was going to mention when you said that is sometimes when we're presented with a decision we have to make, we do have maybe we're tense, we kind of cramp up and go, oh, my goodness, and you feel like you're in a storm. But if you take the time to pray about it, right. then 
decide on yeah. what to do. God will give you that peace, mm-hmm. or you'll still or have the storm, storm will be there. And if the storm yes. is there, you know that that's, that's not yeah. the decision. Pay attention to that. That's right. Yeah. Very, very good point. Number six: uh, Will this decision, if you make it, cause you to be closer to God, or will it cause you to drift away from Him and His will for your life? Will it cool off your passion? To walk in holiness. So, mm. very important when you're getting, oh, so if I make this decision, is that going to bring me closer to the Lord or right. not? Right. And if it's not, then that's after praying through it, that's probably not the decision you want to make. Exactly. Yeah, if it cools off your love for Jesus Christ or your passion for holiness, yeah. then it's not the right thing to do. Number seven is, is it healthy. And why should we be asking that question? Well, because Paul tells us that our bodies, that's the temple of the Holy Spirit as a believer. So uh, what we put into our body, what we do with our body uh, represents Jesus Christ. Our body houses the Holy Spirit. So what we do with our bodies represents him. So we need to ask the question, is what I am doing going to be healthy? Or is it unhealthy? If it is unhealthy, then we need to back off for sure. Number eight, question number eight. Will doing this enslave me or have the potential to enslave me? John, if you could look up 1 Corinthians 6, 12 and read that because it is so powerful uh, to to make the point here. The Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 6.12. I got it. Hang on a sec here. 6.12. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Mm. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Yeah, that's good. And then you can go more with food, and food was meant for your stomach and all that fun stuff. That's a great start, though. You said I'm allowed to do it. But not everything is. Hey, don't is talk good. about food. I'm Italian. You can't. You oh know, no! It's like, yeah, should I, the decision? Should I have three pieces of pizza or two? <laughs> so, will, will doing this have the potential to create chains in my life? Will it? Will it bring bondage? Will it enslave me? If it does, I don't need to do it. Right. Yeah. Very good. Number number nine. Um, I want to unpack it a little bit, but. Yeah. But it says, could it cause another Christian to go the wrong way? Will it turn off those who are without Christ? Could those without Christ use my involvement as an excuse for not turning to God? And Peter talks about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, we have to really look at because we don't, we also don't want to, we don't want to project that we're holier than thou. We don't want mm-hmm. our kids to project that. You know, we want to be real. And, and let people see that Christians can be fun too, and yes. knowing the Lord can be good, and, and you can be somewhat normal and live, you know, in the world, but not live of the of world. world. Good point. And so we can't like put a microscope on everything we do and think, oh, is this going to cause John to do the same thing and therefore affect his walk because everyone obviously is responsible for their own walk with the Lord. But we we have to be careful in our actions. And, you know, we don't want to do things blatantly Mm -hmm. that would cause another person to fall, uh, especially our children. So our children, we have to, they have to know our heart and who we are and we have to demonstrate through other walks in our life so that if something comes up where 
it may not be exactly super holy. It's a good point. Well, there's They'll still know your heart and know that point. you're not trying to lead them. Well, it's living one way, and you know, there's people that live one way at church, and then they live a right. completely different lifestyle at home. Yes, right. and 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 that but that verse, that first uh, that first Peter two, um, let's see, uh, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Um, mm. How many people have looked at at one of us and just said, oh? You're so holy, you know. Yeah. You're, you, you, and they, and they look down on us, but then, then they realize, wait a minute. There's others that look and say, "Well, they really live a really pretty interesting life, and yeah. they seem to be pretty awesome yeah. people. They're just regular people. We're, it, we're witness to everybody, right. you know. So you, there's a difference between being righteous and self righteous. <laughs> Good point. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing holy about holier than that. <laughs> well, Not at all. Yeah, well said. Well said. Number ten. Uh, what do the best Christians you know think about your what you're going to do? Right. In other words, seeking advice yeah. from good, godly people, mm-hmm. and an important thing to teach your children that before they make a decision, um, from a moral perspective, seek advice not only from you, but other people they may know that other parents that might be Christians right. or, or or if their teenagers are a little older, seeking it from a Christian friend that they know, and, and, and then, of course, going through and praying about it, as we said earlier, and then making the decision. That's right. So seeking advice, teaching yeah. them to do that. That's Psalms 1. That's such yes, a good word. Oh, the joys. Really oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers. Mm-hmm. That's a great verse for that. Yeah. It is. Who is the godliest person you know? And think about asking that godliest person, what would you do? Right. Right. So I want to read a, a quick uh, a quick study from from Penn State researchers who published this in the Journal Journal of Child Development, they tracked nearly 200 families over a seven-year period. And uh, not surprisingly, though, the study found that kids generally spend increasing amounts of one-on-one time with their parents in the early years of adolescence. Mm -hmm. Uh, But time with mom and dad starts to drop off some when the teenager hits about the age of 15, Mm -hmm. which that's... Seems somewhat normal, I guess. Yeah. However, you know, the longitudinal study also found... Boy, that's a big word. Yeah, it is a big word. <laughs> you want, lati- you want <laughs> latitudinal too? The longitudinal longitudinal study also found at least one surprising result, that teens still needed time with their dad. Yeah. One of the researchers put it this way. The stereotype that teenagers spend all their time holed up in their rooms or hanging out with their friends is just a stereotype. Our research shows that well into the adolescent years, teens continue to spend time with their parents. And this shared time, especially shared time with fathers, has important implications for adolescence. Adjustment. Sorry, adolescence adjustment. Yeah. More specifically, the study noted that generally speaking, the more time teens spend with their dads, the higher their self-esteem. Wow. And also, the more time teens spend with their dads in a group setting, the better their social skills. Always comes back to dad, doesn't it? 
The dad. So, so dads, it says just how critical you are in the lives of your children, yes. even through their teens. Not to mention dads who are older and you have adult children. Right. Still a very critical time. Yeah. Everyone looks right. to their dad. They really do. And Not, so God yeah. sees this moment. Seize the moment with your child, no matter how old that child is. Thank you, guys, for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Be sure and check us out on wingmannation.com. Let us hear from you. We would love to hear your response. Until next time. Next time, Wingman out. Thank you for listening to the Wingman Men's Moment weekly podcast. The Wingman Men's Ministry is based around the Air Force concept of a wingman. It uses the fighter jet theme and parallels the duties of a wingman in the Air Force. His commitment to his pilot and flight team and how they're related to the men of your church and their commitment to God in their lives, their families, and their Christian brothers. Visit us at wingmannation.com.